Hey guys, Anthony here with another great podcast. Really excited to be sharing this one with you. I had the pleasure recently of speaking to Jess Smith and Lee from the Maple Event Group, who run two very successful event venues in Melbourne, Phoenix Events and also Leonda by the Yarra. She shares some really good insights into what makes a wedding reception successful. Uh, she offers some really great tips, and I hope you really enjoy this podcast. Happy listening. So I'm really interested, uh, you know, firstly, you know, why don't we start with um, your role at, at um, Maple Events? Yep. And, uh, you know, how your day-to-day must be, you know, helping brides plan, plan their big day. So tell me a little bit more about what that involves. Yeah, sure. So I've actually been with Maple Event Group for sort of five years now. Yeah. And um, I started in a, in a sort of sales capacity, so dealing directly with clients and helping them plan um, you know, their big day or whatever type of event it was. Yeah. Um, and I've actually moved across into a marketing coordination role. Yep. Um, which basically means that I get to be at the forefront of research on what's, you know, happening in the industry. What are the biggest trends? What do we need to be on top of so that we can continue to provide the best options and service to our clients? So um, it's a really exciting and slightly more strategic role now that I do. For sure. So on a on a micro level, if you like, when you do meet, or in the past when you've met. Um, mm-hmm. couples or even some of your team members, you know, what is it that couples are really um, concerned about or struggling with initially that then you guide them through and um, and help sort out for them? So I think one of the biggest things with the Australian wedding industry is that uh, there is just a huge saturation of information out there. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot to process. Um, And for most couples, this is the first time they've planned, you know, an event of this scale Mm. um, and of this importance, you know, um, this is a huge thing. It's a very emotional day um, and it's, you know, ideally the uh, type of day that you only ever do once. So um, that can be really overwhelming, I think, for a lot of people. Sure. Um, So really that's that's often what we face. Um, You know, we just face this this feeling of overwhelm. Um, And so it's our job really to help guide and direct um, our clients through the information that's most important to them Mm -hmm. Um, and just remind them that, that really the biggest thing that they need to be on top of is is what is going to make it special for them, um, you know, as a partnership, as as a as a starting point for the rest of their lives. What's most important to them? Because whilst lots of other people will have, you know, their say and they they'll want to be um, an influencer in how the day goes. Mm. At the end of it all, it's really down to to you and your partner and and how you know this is going to affect the re- you guys for the rest of your lives. For sure, and that's that's a really poignant point that you make. Mm-hmm. Is for couples to, you know, meandering around their expectations of the day, and then, mm. you know, the rest of their families and uh, and juggling that can be tricky for some. Yes, absolutely. You know, and so, in some respects, you you become someone who who helps them through that process too, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. No. And it, look, it should be collaboration as well. Yeah. It shouldn't be, you know, one person dictating everything um, because that's not how it's going to work. You know, we, we can't 
tell a couple exactly how their day should go mm -hmm. um, and vice versa. We are the experts in the field. So, you know, it's important that we're listened to on in some respects as well. So, yeah, absolutely. For sure. All that collaboration. For sure. So, all right, you, you have a couple and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you're working with them. What, what are some of the questions they ask you about the venue and the logistics of the day? Yeah, sure. So we get a lot of um a lot of the same sort of questions and they're pretty yeah. pretty standard, what you would I think most think of with regards to any event. You know, what are the capacities that your venue can hold, what are the menu options like, what's included, what's not, etc. Yeah. Um but with us, I guess the the process I've talked about collaboration and then that is a really big part of our process. We yeah. actually um not you know, don't just sit down with them and say, Look, these are our packages, you know, pick A, B and C. We actually ask what is most important to the couple and we have um, what we call vows or commitments, yeah. which are three um, sort of non-negotiables, I guess, from the couple's side that we will actually include in the booking agreement. So it's separate to what's included in a package sure. and it could be anything from, oh, well, we need to make sure there's a really big dance floor or, you know, in our family, it's a, a tradition to have port served after dessert. So we want that, you know, in our wedding day, sure. whatever it is. We will put that in the booking agreement. Both of us will sign it and we'll say, we commit to making that happen for you guys. So it's a really tailored and personal experience. Yeah, sure. Excellent. And you're, you know, you're happy to really customize the way the, the night takes place by the sound Absolutely. of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm curious to know, Jess, uh, what's, the, what's the strangest request you've ever had? Oh, oh, that's a that's a big one. <laughs> uh, I've been in the industry for a long time, so there's been there's been a few few curveballs. Um, what have I had? Uh, I once um, I did once have a, a couple who were really they wanted a, a sort of a cheese station, um, which they were you know very very happy for us to sort of provide the cheeses and etc. But there was a particular platter that had been passed through their family that they were adamant that a particular you know that the soft cheese had yeah. to be served on this platter <laughs> oh, um, right. which was but it was really it was actually really lovely and you know we just sort of were very careful with it in our kitchen and made sure <laughs> yeah. it had a very special place but you know it obviously meant quite a lot to that family um, and it was really nice that we were able to include that as part of you know part of their day. Sure, and I, I guess it, it, it's a it's a reminder that you know that uh, there, there could be any number of things that are important and sentimental to a couple. That's it. That's it. It's going to vary greatly from one family to the next. Um, in terms of food, um, you know, food is a big deal, isn't it? Um, it is. Yeah. What's your advice for couples when when choosing food? So I would advise chatting to the venue before you book about whether or not a menu tasting is included yeah. um, because I think it's really important to taste the food. You know, photos are one thing and obviously it's important to have an idea of how something's going to look on the plate, yeah. but you need to taste it. You know, yeah, you need absolutely. to see what, what that's going to be like. So I think that's really important. I think it's really important as well to have a bit of variety mm -hmm. um, and think about the season of your wedding. You know, you might be planning your wedding now, for example, in spring, but perhaps you're not going to be getting married until autumn or winter. Um, and so, you know, the food that people are going to want and that's going to be in season will vary greatly. Sure. So if you have a venue that specializes in, a, I don't know, a, a seafood offering, for example, yeah. maybe that's not what people are going to want in the middle of winter. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. just um, being being really aware of that as well. And, you know, the number of courses, it is, you know, by standard, I guess, three. But uh, any other thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think I wouldn't go any less than three. Um, Sometimes people think, oh, well, you know, when I have dinner at home, I don't have three courses. And and that's absolutely right. But it it is a celebration. And and we do, in Western culture, celebrate through food. (laughs) So um, it's important to have at least three. Um, and I think, you know, think about having something interactive. Think about having like a cheese station or, or perhaps um, at the end of the night when everyone's on the dance floor. See, we, we have an option called late night bites. Yeah. And, um, you know, that they're kind of those like sort of um, mini pizzas and burgers and things like that that can come out right at the end of the night when everyone's been dancing, they've had a few drinks. You know, it, it, yeah. it kind of fills that need that can sometimes pop up at the end of the night when you get the munchies. So, um, you know, have, 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 think about that. Try and be a little bit creative. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, in terms of um, in terms of the formalities and the way the order in which they take place, mm-hmm. you know, generally uh, we we get asked as videographers we get asked this all the time. You know, what's the best approach? And our advice. Um, and I'd be interested to see what your thoughts are. But our advice to them is always intros, you know, sit down, do your entrees, uh, then, you know, roll into speeches, then mains, and then first dance and get the party started. That generally yeah. really works for us. But um, what's your take on it? No, we agree. Um, we I would advise almost exactly the same thing, to be honest. Sure. Um, people mm. at the beginning of the night are... Um, expecting to sit down and listen to speeches, they're they're more prepared for those formalities. Yes. Um, and I think that's when you get the best attention span from Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, you know, you just don't want to to leave it too long for those who are speaking if they're feeling a bit nervous and that you know don't want to have too many drinks or anything like that. I think it's just good to get it out of the way um, yeah. and create a bit of a natural flow for the evening so that once the first dance has happened, it feels very normal for then everyone to get up and dance and no one has to go and sit back down. For sure, for sure. And, you know, we've seen way too many best men not eat their uh, main meals because they're just too nervous about these speeches. So Exactly right, yeah. Get them done as soon as you can. And like you said, and rightly so, like you you, you will get the best attention from guests if it's done yeah. earlier on. And in one block, um, I'm not a big fan of the two or three blocks of speeches. What's yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, look, it, it will depend on the family. Some families, particularly if there's, um, you know, sort of split families and you need to have, you know, the mum and stepmom or whoever speak, it can be challenging to fit it into one block. But where possible, we would always recommend doing it like that as well. Yeah, sure. Um, in terms of the room setup, uh, what uh, I know that a lot of couples um, struggle with this one, you know, who should sit with where and how should we set up the room. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on the room setup, particularly in respect to where the dance floor is, and and you know creating that really nice, um, I guess, atmosphere where people can not only sit down but engage with each other as well. Yeah, absolutely. Again, that's something that we will customise per um, per event yeah. because it does vary. Um, uh, so again, sort of situations with different family dynamics um, and where you want people to sit, but. We like having um, a centralised dance floor. I think it creates a really nice feel and flow to the room. 
Um, and it also creates a natural, um, I mean, sort of depending on the room, at, at Phoenix our rooms are sort of semicircle in shape and at, at Leonda they're more um, sort of square and, and rectangular. Sure, yeah. But it does create, having a centralised dance floor, it creates a really natural spot for the head table. Yeah. Um, which means it's really visible from from all directions, and that's really important too, because people want to be looking at you when you, you know, when people are speaking about you, or even just because it's your big day, people want to, you know, have a look and see how happy you are. So it's important for vi- from visibility perspective, yeah, um, that everyone can see the head table and the dance floor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and generally, those that are closest to you, you know, in, t- in respect to family. Um, physically sit close to you. Um, yeah, yeah, that uh, can be the best way to do it, yeah. I mean, especially because they're the ones most likely to be standing up to give a speech, so you don't want them walking right from the back of the room. Correct. Um, but also, you know, you want to see them as well. You want to be able to see how their night is, is going as much as they want to see you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing too is, um, you know, the dance floor and the DJ or band. I've seen it a few times, Um where the DJ is in a different part of the room to where the dance floor is. And I think that's just a big, big no-no. Because, yeah. you know, the, the entertainers should be right there with people that are cutting up the dance floor. Um, what's What are your thoughts on that? And you know, how do you manage that at the two venues? I mean, you've got really great spaces, so you can really accommodate that sort <laughs> Thank of you. format. But, yeah, what's your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, music is... Um, very emotive, <laughs> any kind sure. of entertainment is. And um, if the person in charge of the music, whether it be band or DJ, can't see the reactions that they're getting from the people listening, um, then how can they know, you know, how best to, to move forward or to perform? So, yes, definitely recommend having them um, in the same space or certainly, you know, well able to view the dance floor. Yeah, excellent. Um, a question here from Adele, actually. Um you know, uh, there are many ingredients to, to you know, having a really great night. What do you think they are, Jess? What do you think are the key ingredients to making sure you have the, the best party ever? So I think that there are two really important things, and yep. they might sound vague, but I think it's easy to remember if there's only two. Okay, go um, for it. I waited in anticipation for this. <laughs> the first being yeah. uh, what in the lead up to the day, be as organised as possible. Absolutely. Think about things yeah, far in advance, have sure. lists, write it all down, make sure that all of the work happens before the big day. And the best way to do that is to be organised. For sure. And even a week before. That's absolutely right. You know, yeah. Definitely. Good advice. Yep. And then the second point is on the night, ignore all of that <laughs> and be present. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> be present in the moment. And, you know, uh, feel assured that you have already done all of the work yeah. and all of the organising and there's nothing else for you to do and this is, you know, this is what you've been waiting for so it's important to really appreciate it and enjoy the moment and, you know, don't fret the small stuff. Just be there and make those happy memories. Totally, totally. Two very good points. <laughs> the only thing I would add to that is 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 manage your expectations and you know just let the day be as it as it needs to you know as it needs to yeah. unfold really. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. And just one last question. Um, you know, we've been around uh, Video Boutique for over twelve years, so we've been to Leonda and Phoenix many many times. They're both great <laughs> venues. 
Thank and, you. Uh, and the two of them are very different. So um, talk to me about them. You know, what, uh, what, what, are, what are the special um, um, characteristics of both and what's the pull for each, for each venue, do you think? Yeah, definitely. So I think uh, Leon de Badiara is a really classic kind of venue. Um, there is a bit of, of an historical element there um, and it's very kind of elegant and I, I hesitate to use this word, but slightly more traditional, um, you know, yeah. in style and, and, um, in, and in what it offers. Yep. So I think um, that sort of someone who's after that style of event is definitely going to be kind of pulled more in that direction. We also have the capacity at Leonda um, in the ballroom to, you know, host some quite large events. It's a so, massive room. Yeah, yeah, we can do kind of, you know, your 300, your 400 people sort of events. Yeah, so yeah. those couples with really big families or... Um, you know, really big communities, they're definitely going to be looking for a space that can accommodate that. And yep. definitely that they're, you know, some of our biggest clientele at Leonda. Yep. Um, whereas with Phoenix, it's a much more modern venue. Um, and it used to be a restaurant for many years, or primarily a restaurant, I should say, for many years. Yeah. And um, I think that the pool there is, is far more to do with that. You know, we really see a lot more of the food-focused couples coming through, people who really want to be at the forefront of what's happening in the Melbourne foodie scene and, and we do have restaurant quality food um, there. So For I sure. think that's beautiful. Yeah, that's the sort of difference there. Yeah, excellent. And they're both by the river too. So that's They one. are, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. If you really um, wanted to you could you could catch a boat or swim from one to the other. <laughs> You could Don't go. recommend it on the night, but not anyway. A good idea. No, not in your wedding dress for sure. No, no, yeah. Um, and look, I, I, I do want to ask, where do you see, you know, what, what's the current trend and where do you see, um, you know, receptions going? I mean, there's, there's, there's themes, you know, the whole barn thing and, and that sort of yep. thing, but where, where do you see it all going? Um, I think increasingly, um, you know, data tells us that and simply what we're seeing coming through our doors tells us that um, we are starting to move away from a lot of the really old fashioned traditions. I think tradition is still really important, um, but some of those things that are perhaps not not aged as well as other things, you know, they're starting to, to disappear and um, <clears throat> we're starting to see a lot more of couples organising the nights or the days themselves rather than being heavily influenced by family, which was very much a, a thing in the past. For sure. um, and I think that's really exciting. I think that means we're going to be seeing, you know, a whole bunch of really new things that we couldn't even predict yet. Um, but also, you know, some really unique weddings that are very special to the couple yeah. and um, and not just something that's that's being being done because it was done by an older sibling or a cousin or whatever, you know, we're really seeing some truly unique and personalised events and that's that's the space we want to be in. They're, they're the ones that really, really um, have the strongest and happiest memories. On that note, Jess, thank you so much for your time. You're so welcome. <laughs> and for your advice uh, and, and we really appreciate it. So that's, that's great. 